This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Inside the Electric Factory on a Thursday, we are looking ahead to Sunday, of course. We have fully turned the page. We are scouting the Kansas City Chiefs. We're breaking it all down. How is it all going to go down? Well, joining us now to continue that conversation, as he's kind enough to do just about every single week at this time, it's our good friend of the show, Mr. Brian Backo. Mr. Big Stuff himself covers the Steelers for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Cousin, how we doing? Did not expect to be here uh, talking about another Steelers game, but hey, I think as promised last week, uh, got to bring the energy, big vibes for postseason football, even if none of us anticipated it. No, we did not anticipate it, but we are enjoying it. And isn't, you know, there, there's been a lot of conversation amongst some of the cynics in this city, Mr. Backo, that, oh, should the Steelers have just lost the last two games and gotten a better draft pick? And, oh, you might have lost seven or eight or nine different or, or spots in the draft by winning these games, and you're just going to go lose to Kansas City. Isn't that just the most bah humbug attitude? Like, I know the whole you play to win the game, but but you're in the playoffs. Yeah, you're backed into a corner. Yeah, your chances don't seem great. But as a fan, as you know, someone who does what we do for a living, aren't you welcoming just the opportunity one more week at least, another opportunity to cover this team, see this team play, watch Ben Roethlisberger play, all those things? Uh, you're you're happy that the Steelers found a way in, right? Uh, I'm an <laughs> optimistic cynic, I guess, guys. Like Here's the way I view it. On one hand, I, I don't think that this team is, is going uh, anywhere, really. I, I've thought that since before the season. And I had kind of come to grips with, uh, you know, this, this year isn't going to end with the Lombardi Trophy. But in a weird way, like Ben Roethlisberger beating the Browns and the Ravens in his final two games w- would have been a kind of a perfect send-off hmm. for him to ride off into the sunset. And now the weirdness of it is like, Unless there's a miracle, which all the analytics and projection sites are saying there's a 1% chance for the Steelers to win it all, unless there's that, uh, his, his career is going to end with a loss. So it's, it's a little bit strange in that sense. But you're right, Wes. I'm not one of those people who thinks every single year is Super Bowl or bust. Of course, that's where the Steelers, as a proud organization, set their standard. But if that's how you literally go through life, uh, you're not going to ever be satisfied as a sports fan, except for those uh, rare magical seasons when it all comes together. Now, Mr. Backo, speaking of, you know, those rare seasons and things like that, we know that this year uh, both uh, coordinators, Matt Canada and Keith Butler, had, you know, come under fire for various reasons. Um, But what I wanted to know was, could a productive playoff performance come Sunday night? or even a potential playoff run, ultimately cement those two guys in terms of their job security uh, their job security going forward next season? Well, Moats, I've, I've never thought that Keith Butler's job security is tied to performance so much as just he's getting up there in age. Uh, you know, I think he was on the fence about returning. This year, um, I think it, the writing is on the wall with – uh, how he's he's not as involved as a lot of defensive coordinators with the actual play calling and, and everything like that. So I'm not saying he's a figurehead, uh, but certainly has his, his role, and it's a collaborative effort, as Mike Tomlin said last week when they didn't have him. Um, but I, I don't know that this is going to affect his status. I still kind of think just 
based on interviews with him this year and, and how long he's been doing this, that uh, he, he might go out with, with the 2021 Steelers. And, and he's kind of like Ben in that I'm sitting there before the game in Baltimore thinking, man, you know what, it's kind of a bummer that, that Keith Butler is not going to be here for what could be his final game. However, if his last game as D.C. is a virtuoso performance against his old team, the Cleveland Browns, Mm -hmm. that's pretty sweet in its own way. So uh, now he also gets an extension on this. What's more interesting is, uh, as you put it, you know, Matt Canada's job security. I never thought that they were only going to give him one year. That's not very Steelers-like. And yet when they had gone five straight weeks, without a first-half touchdown, that's a huge indictment of, of any play caller, of any coordinator, because you know especially those first halves of games are so contingent on the plan that you build coming into it. So I guess I lean toward him being retained. I don't know that one game here against the Chiefs or, or these last couple of wins when you still weren't exactly lighting up the scoreboard, but you did just enough. Um, I think if he stays, guys, it's more of an overall philosophy and taking stock of his situation its entirety this year rather than this little late-season push putting them over the edge. Brian Backo, the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, with us here on SNR. Make sure you're checking out all his work there, showing him some love on Twitter, at Brian Backo. Support the people who support us here on this yeah, show. Man. And Mr. Backo has done that just about we uh, the question, since right? day Fellas, one. Somebody's got to stand down there with the recorder and, uh, we need, we, we need a real, yeah, we need a real <laughs> journalist to join the show from time to time. I mean, if, Backo, if, if people know anything about this program, it is that obviously that Arthur Motes and I are a, a solely a fact-based show. Oh yes. We don't speculate. We oh, don't assume. No. We don't we do any of that. All business. But it, it, all business. We're, you know, suit, and tie, suit and tie here every day in the studios. But it is nice to have somebody with their boots on the ground like Mr. Backo always does. And with those boots on the ground, Mr. Backo, uh, you know, feels like the Steelers, a lot of things need to go their way to get a win on Sunday. I think we all realize that, recognize that. Um, one of those things that could help certainly is a big performance from Najee Harris. We know he was banged up on Sunday, missed some of the game, but was able to come back in against the Ravens. Uh, what are you hearing about his health status ahead of Sunday? I'm just hearing the way that Mike Tomlin spoke about it uh, after the game in Baltimore and again Tuesday. It doesn't seem like it's going to be something that keeps him out. Sure, he won't be 100%, but, you know, cliche alert, nobody's 100% (laughs) this time of year in January football. So I think the fact that that Najee was able to gut it out in in a situation where, um, you know, they they probably could have had a chance to get out of stadium without him. Uh, It wasn't a postseason game technically, and yet he still wanted to go, still was able to go. So I think they're going to have him in this one. You just got to hope that they'll be able to have him as healthy as possible. It looked all right to me on that possibly season-saving uh, tip catch uh, when he then juked out Patrick Queen. That, that one could have been a disaster if Najee doesn't haul that in. So uh, I, I'm not overly concerned about him. And knock on wood, if, if they've got him, uh, they're, they're really as uh, all hands on deck as you could hope to be uh, at this point in, in the calendar. So we'll, we'll see if that translates to uh, a good performance by the running game. Uh, it, it wasn't as good against the Ravens as it was against the Browns, but at least you're seeing some signs of life from that unit in, in a week where they're going to need it just to simply play keep away a little bit from Patrick Mahomes and company. 
Now, sticking with guys coming back from an uh, injury and things like that, we got uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, this team said that he's going to be practicing later today. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Do you anticipate potentially seeing him uh, this week or at any point in the postseason? I don't anticipate seeing him this week, and, and I don't anticipate seeing him in the postseason because I don't think the postseason is going to last beyond Sunday, not to <laughs> uh, you know, get ahead of myself with my prediction. Spoiler but, alert! Uh, yeah. Yeah, um, it's just a matter of what I pick for the score, I guess, at this point. But that's uh, that, that's good for Juju that that he's still around and, and isn't just off uh, filming commercials somewhere for for the stretch run. <laughs> that, that he wants to be around this team, and it's if you're the Steelers, you you've got to plan accordingly for uh, a long run. In the uh, and in, in this case, that means act you know not activating him yet, but opening that 21 day window for him to potentially return. Uh, it, it was an upper body injury, a shoulder with him. That that usually gives you an outside chance to come back. We see J.J. Watt getting back into the mix for the Cardinals when he was thought to be done for the year. Derrick Henry, same deal with the Titans. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't necessarily expect to see him again, and, and maybe we'll never see him in a Steelers jersey again, but at least we'll see him in that practice jersey. Oh, buddy, a lot of a lot of juicy topics that I can't wait to hit for you in terms of with you, I should say, you know, coaching staff, general manager, Juju and other guys like that. We will obviously got to wait another week. It's got to wait at least one more week, Uh, buddy. Everyone is kind of, I think, given their two cents on this feels like you always do this when. You know, either the team that you cover, the team that you cheer for, whether, you know, you you work like we do or or you're just solely a fan. When you're entering a game on the road against a team like the Chiefs, you know, what, 12 and a half point underdogs last time I checked the sports book this morning. A lot of people do the whole, all right, for us to win, it's got to be X, Y, and Z, right? When you're going into a game like this where you are a substantial underdog, you got to have this go your way, you got to do that right, and you got to make sure you're buttoned up in this area. For you, what are those things? If we're talking next week about how the season rolls along and we're previewing a divisional round matchup, which would be against the Titans if the Steelers win this game, uh, what goes right for the Steelers on Sunday? What has to go right for them to to you know to be in the game to to maybe even potentially win it? I'm not going to sit here and say they need to be able to throw the ball all around the yard up at Arrowhead. I just don't think that is realistic. I don't think you can keep pace with the Chiefs in that way. Sure, that would be nice, um, but I just don't think Ben Roethlisberger has that in him anymore. I mean, I tip my cap to him for the clutch performance uh, in the fourth quarter in overtime against the Ravens, but to me, that's that's not a sustainable way to win for this offense. And then I know they're also not uh, – they're not a power running team either. This isn't the, the Browns or, or the vintage Ravens, and, and you can't just kind of cook that up out of thin air. But I do think that, you know, some incremental gains here and there uh, in the run game, like I said before, trying to, to keep Patrick Mahomes on the sideline as much as you can because it, it, this Chiefs offense, they're, they're hard to stop. They, you know, Mike Tomlin said it the first time around. You're, you're going to see the safeties, Minka Fitzpatrick and Terrell Edmonds, probably playing way back, and, and every team has to do that with the two high coverage against Patrick Mahomes, or else you're going to you're going to have a long day uh, with the way he can get the ball downfield to Tyreek Hill and, yeah. and those guys. So uh, I'm going to keep it way more basic, way more simple. Uh, you you've got to be able to run the ball. Uh, you you've got to be able to possess the ball and uh, and win the the clock battle, so to speak. And on the other side, um, you know, you've got to get some splash. Uh, that, that's an overused word by the Steelers, but they know as well as anybody 
their recipe to win games in which they are out-talented, which at least offensively is most games, uh, they've, they've got to be able to get to the quarterback and maybe get a couple of takeaways. Patrick Mahomes has, I think, only two career postseason interceptions. That's oh, wow. why these dudes were in the Super Bowl the last couple seasons. So uh, that's, that's not going to be easy for them. Or, or maybe it's two career pick sixes. Either way, you don't get him to make the big mistake very often. And uh, we'll see if the Steelers can do that, you know, match up with Travis Kelsey as best you can, match up with Tyreek Hill as best you can. Uh, and get some bounces to go your way. So uh, it's kind of just the classic football formula for me in this one, fellas. Uh, win up front and win the turnover battle. Ah. Like it. Now, I did have one more football question before we have to, you know, give you the big boy tough question. But um, last week we saw Akella Witherspoon and Cam Sutton get the nod over Joe Hayden. Now, we know Joe was returning from, you know, his uh, stint. I believe he was on the COVID list and then came back off of it, if I remember correctly. How do you envision the lineup being this week in that cornerback room? Do you anticipate seeing... Akella Witherspoon and Cam Sutton get the nod again over Joe, or will Joe be back in that starting lineup? I think you're going to see Hayden back in there, but I could go either way on this one because Witherspoon's been playing pretty well. You know, we know he's been ball friendly, uh, leading the team with those three picks. And, and I did misspeak before. It's been two games in Patrick Mahomes' postseason career that he's thrown a pick. He does have two picks in each of those, but either way, um, you, you don't make him make too many mistakes. Oh, no. Hola. Mr. Bacco, are you still there? S.I.E.? S.I.E.? Oh, no. No? Bacco? Oh, no. Bacco, S.I.E.? Hold on. No? Hold on. Hold on. Oh. Is this him? Should I? There's someone calling. Should I? Should Answer we, the phone. Should we play this? Should we play this? Answer the phone. Mr. Bacco? Bacco? Yes. I, how long was I talking before I realized that you guys were no longer on the not, not too, not we too long. We couldn't tell you were gone at all. No, not no, not too good, long. Yeah, yeah, it's only good, been, and thanks for calling back. We yeah. were able to do that pretty seamlessly there. That was only like a 10-second hiccup. No biggie. Please continue. Thanks, buddy. I, I, I was going to say, that's a bad moment for the Steelers now when I'm <laughs> dropping out on the election factory. It's just everything's going haywire. That, that could be the same thing. It goes on for the Steelers' secondary. How about that segue? You've got to have the communication back there, of course. We know it kind of deserted them at times in that first Chiefs game. But I think that experience, that post, that, that playoff seasoning that Joe Hayden has will, will have him inserted back into the lineup. But that's a good problem to have when, when you've got uh, multiple outside-capable corners who are in the mix to play in this one. So um, they, they've got to be uh, on their P's and Q's against Mahomes. Uh, he has just tortured them the two times that he's faced them. Joe Hayden has seen him a lot, and you know we'll, we'll see what happens in this one. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick is, is going to be critical as yep. well, playing that deep center field spot. All right, buddy, before we let you go for real this time and not just on a technical hiccup, Mr. Bacco <laughs> of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, Shaler's finest, good friend of the show, your prediction for Sunday night, 8-15. Arrowhead Stadium, Steelers, Chiefs, super wild card weekend. What's the final score? Who wins? Yeah, I guess it would have been more fitting if I dropped off like right when I was like, guys, I think the Steelers are going to. And, but I can't. <laughs> On next week's episode, find out the answer. <laughs> yeah. 
No, I can't give the I can't predict the Steelers dog in this one. Although you know that twelve and a half point spread, I think is maybe underestimating a team that simply uh, you, you just can't kill them off this <laughs> year. So uh, I think they're going to cover that. And um, you know, I'm going to go Chiefs twenty eight, Steelers twenty four. Mm. I don't know if they get you know, maybe a late garbage time Teddy to, to make it look a little bit better or something, but uh, I don't think they're going to get absolutely throttled like they did a few weeks ago out there in. They did it again. Well, no, he's got day. Uh, this week I will be there, and uh, I'm bringing some good juju to the Steelers. I think. Well, you know that you're going to have your, your your best drip on. We can't wait to see your pregame outfit. You know, Brian Backo starting the trend here of broadcasters, uh, you know, showing their pregame drip like athletes yeah, do. Yeah, I, I thought that would just be a funny way to end the season. And yet now I guess i got to keep it going. You have so, to keep it going. It's the playoffs. Uh, you got to do it. In fact, you might have to I wear it. will be boarding a flight. So I won't be at the FBO, but, you know, we'll see what happens. Maybe Catch I'll get a nice little, uh, nice little shot of me walking into Pittsburgh International. Catch flights, not feelings. He said I ain't going to be at the FBO, but I'll be out there. Sorry, he's in pajamas, <laughs> buddy. Just got up the PJ. <laughs> Brian Becker, Schiller's finest. He be dripping. Show him some love. Uh, get at him on Twitter. He doesn't do cap. He hasn't changed his number since the seventh grade. Buddy, we appreciate your time as always. And, uh, you know, win, lose, or draw, except for they can't draw because it's the playoffs. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks as always, buddy. If anybody could, the Steelers would find a way. All right. <laughs> That's the truth. There he goes. Safe travels out the Kansas City partner. We hope it all goes well for you. And bring back a win or don't come back at all. Ooh. How about that? Ooh. That guy, he's hilarious. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> That's good. He's, he's got to wear the same outfit now, though. No, seriously, man. Or just you got to take the drip up to the next one, man. Drip, drip. No, that's true. You're right. Actually, you got to you got to you got to upgrade. Yeah, absolutely. The, the the drip. Once you once you put that drip on, oh man, ain't no turning back, baby. It's the playoffs ain't now. No turning back. If now. You're dripping for the regular season. I mean, now. you got to you locked in. You got to be locked in and showing out mm-hmm. for the postseason. Arthur Motes, great stuff from our buddy Brian Backo. As always, what do you say before we go to break? Here we finish out our three things Thursday. I suppose. Now talking about the good of the Kansas City Chiefs. Number one for you, partner. The first thing that stands out that Kansas City does well in your mind is? Ah, oh, man. It was some quarterback they had. <laughs> um, it's like something with ketchup. Oh, He's got man. a famous TikTok brother, right? Uh, he has like this voice. They call him like Kermit. Uh, oh, Patrick Mahomes. Yes, yes. Ah, uh, yeah. Jackson yeah. Mahomes. He's the brother of that famous TikTok star. Yeah. yeah. Patrick Mahomes. It's, it's without a doubt him. Um, he's everything you want in a quarterback. Confidence, elite-level talent, accuracy, power. I mean, we know all these things. Has the team success, has the individual success, has done it at the highest level on the biggest stages. Yeah, for me, it starts with him because he sets the tempo for this team offensively, defensively. He is the reason why they play with confidence and why they just continue to believe. It's largely because of that guy right there, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, that's a good one. And that's a pretty obvious one. So, uh, same church, different pew. I've been using that a lot lately for my first one. Andy Reid. Mm-hmm. He's just unflappable, unshakable, unbreakable. He's been a coach in the league for like as long as you and I have been alive, longer than you and I have been alive. Yeah. Motsi, he's one of those coaches, I think similar to Mike Tomlin in this regard, you know, similar to Bill Belichick on a short list. As much as I don't like him, Sean Payton's probably on that list too. There's not a scenario that can arise that these guys haven't seen. Yeah. Being huge favorites, being huge underdogs, 
um, having loaded rosters, having maybe talent devoid rosters, uh, jumping out to early leads in games, falling behind early in games, all these things, you name it, playoffs, non-playoffs, must win, single tournament. Andy Reid's one of those guys from his time in Philadelphia, uh, from his time in Kansas City, he's been through it all. He's been hyper-criticized at times. They, they ran him out of town in Philadelphia because he couldn't win the big one, right? Despite him, man, having that team on the cusp every stinking year. They were writing. People forget this. I wrote an article about this, actually, in, in to, like, to give Andy Reid props back when they won the Super Bowl in 2019. Well, it would have been early 2020, right? Or no, it would have been no, early 2019. 2019. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. The 2018-2019 season. There were people in Kansas City in November of that year when the Chiefs were 7-5 and five or whatever they were at that point before they went on their roll and, and, and didn't lose again. There were people that were calling for his job that I season. That. Well, yeah. He blew it in the AFC Championship game last year against the Patriots. All he does is blow it. We got to get this guy out of here. And then they won the Super Bowl three months later. Mm-hmm. He's been through it all. He's coached through it all. The good, the bad, the praise, the getting dirt thrown on his name, the cheeseburger jokes, Arthur Motes. <laughs> Uh, to me, he is on that short list of of just top, top men, top, top coaches. Andy Reid, number one for me. Now, I like that a lot right there, man. For me, um, this goes hand in hand with the second thing I did not like about this Chiefs team. The thing that I do like about this Chiefs team is their defense when they have the lead. Ah, I see what because you did there. Because that is when you see the pass rushing prowess of Frank Clark, Chris Jones, Melvin Ingram. That is when you start to see Tyron Matthew become the honey badger and he's robbing in the middle of the field and creating turnovers. That's when you see guys like Daniel Sorensen come on the field and start to get a little more productivity as well. When this team has the lead, they are very tough to beat defensively because they are built for that. They're built to rush the passer and play coverage, but play coverage in a, in a manner where you know this team has to take chances because they're trying to come back or trying to keep up with Mahomes in that offense. Right. When that team does not have the lead, the defense does not look the same way. But when they do have the lead, to me, that is something that they have turned into a little bit of a strength for them. I like that. But it's very distinct. It's, it's two difference. You can, yeah. You can see it. It's you, like, you can definitely see it. That's the nice way to put it? Yes. yes. That's a nice way to put it? I think yeah. that's a nice way to put it. I was trying to be respectful. <laughs> Are the most for me, second thing. And this one might surprise some people. But I don't know. Not really if you've watched this team over the last few years. It's the ability to run the football when they need to. Mm-hmm. Everyone thinks of the Chiefs and they think of Mahomes. They think of Tyree Kill. Mm-hmm. They think of Travis Kelsey. They think of Andy Reid. They think of the high-flying offense and Mecole Hardman and all these guys who can get after it. We know that. But they're also uh, a team that averages 115 yards per yes. game on the ground. That's in the top half of the league. It's not top 10, but it's in the top half of the league when you combine that with their pass game that's ranked fourth in the league right now, they average almost 400 yards of offense per game, third most in the league. They average the fourth most points in the league. And again, a big part of that is because they have had the ability ever going back to, you know, going back to when they won the Super Bowl, when a lot of people thought Darrell Williams should have been the MVP of that game. They can run the ball when they need to. And folks, spoiler alert, you need to run the ball to have success in the playoffs. All right. Not you, it, for for all the Mahomeses and all the great weapons, you still have to be able to run the ball situationally. I don't care if it's nineteen twenty in the NFL or if it's twenty twenty two in the NFL. You still got to be able to run the football at times situationally, even if you are a high flying offense. 
you know, air it out type team. And that's what they do. So low key. Nobody really talks about it, but they're in the top half of the league in rushing. They are so situationally effective at that. And it's a big reason why they've been in the Super Bowl for the past two years, the AFC championship game the year before that, because they have the great quarterback. They have all the weapons on the outside and Travis Kelsey, but they also can run the ball when they need to. That's number two for me. And I was going to say that is a big fact right there. I like when you notice those type of things as well. Thank you. I, Thank I, you. I appreciate you noticing. Is that how things. I've earned my stripes with you over yes, the years, yes, Arthur Motes? Yes. Every once in a while I come here, I'm like, you know what? I like this. I see the growth. <laughs> I like the growth. Yeah. Yes, indeed. So for me, man, the last thing that I have for a compliment um, is partly what you said in your first one. I had Andy Reid slash team's confidence because – this team always believes. You brought it up earlier when we were talking about how that first go around when they won the Super Bowl, how, man, every single playoff game they had, they trailed in by multiple scores. Everything would have pointed to, hey, man, give up. Everything would have pointed to, man, you know what, we're in the postseason. This team just has our number. It's not our day-to-day. But they find a way every single time. Fast forward to this season. At one point of this year, they were 500. Think about that. At one mm-hmm. point this year, they were a 500 team. Mahomes wasn't playing his best. The team as a whole wasn't playing their best. And there were a lot of question marks. There was a lot of scrutiny being directed towards that team because of the expectations. But once again, their confidence never wavered. Their belief that they could write chip never wavered. Mm-hmm. And now here we are, fast forward, and they're the number two seed in the AFC because of that belief and because of Andy Reid. Andy Reid is a big part of that belief because he's a guy that has seen it and done it. Yep. I mean, he's been to what? How many NFC Championship games did he have? Four. Three of them in a row. Yep. He had a Super Bowl appearance as well. Then you bring it to the AFC. How many AFC Championship games has he been in a row right now? Three. And, and he had a Super Bowl as well. <laughs> and he's got a Super Bowl ring. With, with two appearances. Mm-hmm. So it's like you see he's proven that it doesn't matter what division, it doesn't matter what conference, it doesn't matter what style of play because the McNabb, led teams are very different than the Mahomes style teams. Yep. But either way, he knows how to coach. He knows how to motivate. He knows how to get his guys to respond and to ultimately believe. And to me, man, that's something that you just can't take for granted. Buddy, I agree with you on that. That's well said. Third and final one from me. How about a classic? How about an oldie but goodie? Oh, here we go. Home field advantage. Sometimes it's just that simple. And, you know, we can maybe take that for granted in Pittsburgh because we have a great fan base and, and they travel well and they take, you know, if you if you aren't one of these other diehard fan bases like Kansas City or like Green Bay, right, or like some of those fan bases, we'll take your stadium over with the quickness. I and true. I know there's going to be a ton of Steelers fans there on Sunday, but the Chiefs, yeah, you what, ain't snatching stadium. what they there at Arrowhead Stadium, you look at this team's record over the last couple years there at home, uh, they were 6-2 and two this year, they have won – uh, playoff games there at home over the last few years. They have been consistently good there. The atmosphere is great. That crowd gets behind them, and they're just good at home. I- until this year, Arthur Motes, mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes hadn't lost a game yep. at home <laughs> nuts. in, like, the first six weeks of the season. Yeah. Like, like so they, they like, know how like, to win at Arrowhead. They had, they had two crazy statistics. One where they have never lost under Mahomes in September. In September. And then they had the until other. Until they where, lost to the Chargers right, this year. And then they yeah. had the other where they hadn't lost in was with end of November, December time frame until the Cincinnati Bengals yes. lost this a couple yes. weeks ago. And I was like, that's nuts, man. You talk about starting hot and finishing hot, and we wonder why – They've been perennial AFC championship team. Mm-hmm. You know, while they've been to the last three, what, Super Bowls. Like, mm-hmm. when you're starting fast like that and able to sustain it and finish strong, I mean, yeah, that's that's what you want. 
you you in any sport, but particularly one in football where there there is substantial home field advantage. You you got to be good at home. You got to be able to get those games at home, and that's what the Chiefs have done. You know, Motsi, the the legendary iconic manager of Manchester United for thirty years, mm-hmm. who you know won a gazillion trophies. Alex Ferguson, mm-hmm. he used to always say when he when he was coming up and when he was turning Manchester United into a powerhouse. Old Trafford is the the stadium name for Manchester yeah. United. We have to turn Old Trafford into a fortress. Mm-hmm. Our supporters mm-hmm. have to turn our home grounds into a fortress. You no, want the truth though. You want that effect. And, and, and Arrowhead Stadium has that. Not that the Steelers are going to be intimidated, not that the lights are going to be too bright, but that is a tough place to play, get behind their team, their rowdy, and, and the record and the accomplishments there over the last few years certainly show that. We're going to take our last break. When we come back, we'll take your tweets. you got questions, you got comments, you got concerns, you got reactions. You can get at us on the Twitter.com at TheBody52. The body. He's Arthur Motes. I'm Wesley Euler, and this is the Steelers Blitz on SNR.